This is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Well, I got up early this morning, turned on the radio. The weatherman gave the forecast that he really didn't know. He said we might have a little sunshine, might have a little rain. Might have partly cloudy skies and it might just snow again. Well, I found out a long time ago, there ain't that much for sure. But God's love and faithfulness will forevermore endure. No matter what comes, no matter what goes. If you're on a high, if you're in a low. If you're getting sick, if you're feeling well. If you're getting up, if you just fell. God's love and faithfulness will always be the same. Some things never change. Here's Larry Powell. Hey, welcome back to Powell to the People. Uh, it's Sunday and uh, 6 o'clock or 6.05. You're listening to us right now. And I love Powell to the People where civility is always in style. And, uh, you know, we get a chance every week just to talk about uh, some really amazing things that are going on in politics, education, religion, technology, sports, values, and human communities and healthy communities and having you know, just conversations about some exciting things that are taking place. We've got a special guest uh, today. I'll be introducing him in just a minute. But you can also get uh, Good News with Larry Powell, nothing but good news stories, Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock and 4 o'clock right here on KXEX 1550 AM. Uh, We're really blessed to have this station in the community so that we can get messages out about a lot of good things going on and as you know, yesterday we talked about uh, human trafficking, and if you miss the show, you can go to uh, Spotify and simply put in Powell to the People. Now, there are several Powells to the People. Look for the one with my picture, and it's all in yellow, and you'll get a chance to uh, see any of the episodes that you've missed. Uh, a lot of good things. Uh, share those with folks. Uh, we just uh, love to get the message out about the good things that are happening right here in Fresno. And today I've got with me a good friend of mine, Skip Hansen from Lifelong Learning, uh, co-founder. And, uh, you know, you, Skip, you've done a, an awful lot of things, and we're going to talk about that. But um, I want to talk about uh, you and me and some of the things we've done over the years and, and how we got together. So how did we first meet? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, when we were expanding our operations outside of uh, originally in L.A. County, uh, Fresno was a market that... Um, it was near and dear to my father-in-law who actually helped start the yeah. original Dante Simi, Dante Simi um, yeah. developer here in, um, in Fresno years ago, Sigma Chi and a Fresno state Fresno grad state grad. Uh, uh, he got the big award, uh, uh with the, uh, bulldog award. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was, a uh, uh, top dog, top dog. That's yeah. right. I remember coming out. So yeah. when we, um, when we came in here to put our first charter school, um, you know, one of the, one of the things you have to go through and open up a school is, is making sure you're connected with all the folks that are in charge of everything Yes, in, in the education space. And, um, and, uh, as County soup, uh, that's how we got to know you. <laughs> we got a chance to, to do some business together and boy, it's turned out to be just really fantastic. But you also have uh, not only is Dante a Fresno state grad, but you have a couple of sons that are here and that got you to move from Lancaster to Fresno. That's exactly right. Yeah. My, uh, my oldest, um, and after looking at a lot of schools, I think his grandfather had a little bit of influence. <laughs> I bet he in did. Fresno State. <laughs> he was looking at, um, quite a few different schools. And, um, I think when he came out here, uh, he just, I think he was enamored, um, by, uh, 
the fact that Fresno State was had a football team and it was one of the few colleges he was looking at that really felt like it was a uh, a school he could you know could be a part of a community, yeah. including the football. I went to UC Irvine and I told him one of the things I, I missed yeah. going to that school it was a great school. Uh, is it didn't have a you know every Friday night or Saturday football event that kind of right. brought a lot of people together and. Yeah. My first game I went to, I was like, I'm sold. This is a great school. <laughs> so it was a, it was a good, uh, it was a good fit. And then my youngest, uh, Travis, um, he was a, a pretty good football player in high school, um, and was being recruited. I remember all the stories. Yeah. 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 Their one state, uh, yeah. their little, their little, it was a decent sized private school yeah. in, uh, in the Antelope Valley. And so, uh, Fresno state showed some interest, brought him out. Um, we did a, a couple tours, um, and he ended up, uh, being a preferred walk-on in the school as a long snapper and a defensive lineman. And so that's, uh, once he moved out here, we had both boys in Fresno. We're like, <laughs> Hey, uh, we're ready to sell our house, find out what we want to do. We're renting right now. Yeah. Uh, wait to see where they end up. Like most parents. Yeah. Uh, I love it. We pot commit. Somewhere, <laughs> so, so what did you think about Fresno when you first got here? You know, I, I've, uh, I used to make fun of a friend of mine who, uh, when we were living in Lancaster, moved out to Fresno and yeah. said, well, you know, what would you live in that place for? My, my only, uh, you know, I, I guess the only thing I knew about Fresno is what I saw off the 99. Right. Know? And I think that's a lot of, that's lot of not a good view. Think. It's not the best view. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until they, you know, they, they had their family and went through the, the Clovis school system actually, yes. um, that I came in and got to see the inner workings of Fresno and what I, what I love about Fresno is its location. Um, we, we're big, my wife and I are big you know, campers and, yes. and hikers. And so You love the outdoors. Oh, I just love the outdoors. It's proximity to it. And uh, and the people, my goodness. Um, it's, a, it's a big yet small community, a yeah. million people. We had 250,000 in the Antelope Valley. And I thought that was, you know, pretty good size. But this is this is a big big area. It is. And, um, and I, like, I like the people. I yeah. really enjoy the people. Well. You know, and, and we've had the good fortune to be able to golf together and oh. and do some professional things together as well. But uh, it, it really is a great place to live and a great place to raise a family. Yep. Um, love Fresno State. I graduated there as well. And uh, I, I just, uh, I love where we're headed. And uh, now that we've got, uh, you know, a change in football coaches and <laughs> heading back, uh, you know, uh, a different direction again. But I, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. It's going to be good. And uh, we're really excited about it. But you, you, uh, your background wasn't in schools. Uh, I know you were in sales and you did a lot of stuff. You were with some Fortune 500 companies. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, uh, I had a, you know, I got out of college, thought I was going to be in real estate, just like Dante. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I got my real estate license, uh, uh, I think it was 90, uh, 91. And I uh, thought that was it. I was going to make a lot of money in real estate. And, you know, timing's everything. It is. And uh, right when I graduated, the market uh, back in then took a, a oh, huge Oh, I remember. Dive. It was crazy. Yeah. Huh? So yeah. the, the company I was working for, Marcus and Millichap, um, you know, really, uh, I saw that it was going to be a rough couple of years trying to earn for, as a you know, newly married, just oh, yeah. got out of college. And um, so a friend of mine uh, got me a job uh, with a, actually veneer graphics it's what's funny is if you ever watch the office yes. you know we were the office before it came out we had <laughs> we had a we had a branch we were selling uh, green bar paper for those listening uh who were old enough remember dot oh. matrix printers yes the green course. bar paper i remember we that stuff. reams of it yes you know and um, stripes stripes and everything <laughs> was forms and so you know i had a territory in newport beach california and it was and uh got to sell in an office uh doing that so i got my chops uh selling and um, and I've had about nine jobs, uh, just, you know, in sales, you're just 
you know, somebody recruits you. Sure. Uh, they like what you can do, and they want to move you to the next one. At some point well, during – you're a good speaker. I, I you're love a good to talker, talk. I'm, and you like people. Yeah. You know, I'm, and so when you're selling something – and you didn't sell things that you didn't believe in. That's right. You know, you if you believed in your product, you were going to work for them. And, and uh, that carries over to when folks are talking to you. They're going, yeah, I like this. You that's know? right. Yeah. That's right. It's well, in that, in, that, in that journey, um, I ended up um, uh, with a couple of big companies. One of them, uh, GE. And, oh, uh, yeah. And they were uh, Jack Welsh, uh, one of my favorite guys. Uh, I've heard quotes from he, you about him. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He was a great mentor uh, uh, to the whole organization. But he uh, committed, uh, pot committed to um, uh, Sigma um, in process improvement. Yes. And I was really excited about it when I heard it was coming through our company. Motorola had first started it out there in Arizona where I was living at the time. When yes. I, when we moved from Newport. And uh, got to go through Green Belt training and was on my way to Black Belt training in um, uh you know, we basically it's trying to take uh, and look at a process. Um, so if you were on a production line and um, and you were to produce a million things, um, you would get to Six Sigma if you could get it down to six defects yeah, per exactly. million opportunities, which yep. would be perfect, right? It's almost can never can be a hundred percent, but the only company to actually reach it uh, within the GE family was GE Aircraft Engines. Uh, interesting. Um, you know, good for us. And I'm we don't, glad yeah, we fly, and you fly a lot. That's right. So we don't <laughs> want our uh, our planes falling out of the sky. But what what it uh, what it used was a process called DMAIC, Design, Measure, Analyze, Improve, and Control. And it was just a, a really cool way to look at any process, right? And it can be in any industry, so we'll take it back to education, yeah. and just see what's broken. You know, and then and then you look at the end result. We have, you know, one of the black belt projects I was on was on um, on uh, invoicing. We were, you know, we were uh, basically writing off millions of dollars at GE every year on right. uh, bad invoices, and it was all a process back way way back in how we inputted it. We knew it, but we had to go through the process, and ultimately the end result result was we created a a team of people to look at it, figure out how to fix it, and then we we fixed it. Yeah. And um, and and of course that's what we ended well, up. You know, and education, uh, it was once stated that the only thing uh, you remember uh, about education is that uh, nothing ever changes. <laughs> you know, that if, if you die and come back, you'd recognize education right. 50 years later. That's right. You know, because, but you, you brought an attitude to uh, learn for life, uh, you know, lifelong learning and learn for life uh, about charter schools that really was a whole different kind of thing. Uh, you know, how do we maybe do some of the things you learned in GE and how do we apply those to education? That's right. But also keeping that human contact, uh, you know, and relationship thing going as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we, you know, I came in, uh, my father-in-law, Dante, and his partner started the first one in Lancaster, California. It was a school literally um, to serve about 50 kids. That's what they thought. It was a uh, another gentleman they helped start with, and it, uh, this this particular gentleman was in the education space and said, "Hey, there's these kids in our our system here in the Allen Valley that just don't have a home. Right, um, pregnant teens, uh, foster care youth, a couple other uh, you know, groups of kids that out on the streets, out on the streets. And um, the the key component um, of why they were why it didn't fit in the Allen Valley's education system, which is typical around the whole state, uh, yeah. comprehensive high schools, continuation high school." Uh, some other high schools that, you know, maybe deal with CTE or career technical, that kind of thing, but nothing to serve these kids. The component that was uh, making it difficult for them was time. Yes. Um, if you have, if you get a, a young girl gets pregnant as a freshman and they drop out to raise their baby, you know, their box called a freshman box 
you know, keeps going to the next box, sophomore yes. box. And yeah. you're 14, and then you move to the next box, you're 15 and a half, whatever, and, and it keeps going. Well, if you get off that train, yeah. you know, in that process to raise a baby or a young man who's got to get a job to help raise that baby, yeah. um, when you want to come back, you know, your box has moved on. And you're, you know, that box is a sophomore box, all but the kids your credits you know. are you yeah. know, in the freshman box. So you got to go into this other box called yeah. the continuation box. And that's right. where they, we, we typically put kids that were expelled or in trouble, right. and not necessarily always the best teachers. So yeah. kid drops out yeah. and so they're on the street. So the entire model of, of our learn for life schools was geared towards creating a personalized schedule, just like college, right? Yeah. I went to college. I worked Tuesdays, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays to help pay for college, working in a flower shop and. And I went to school Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Right. And that's how I set my schedule. Well, why can't a high school student, right, have Do a similar program? Yeah. You know, we're already trying to train them, uh, get them ready for college anyway. I so love it. the experience was there. But our, our methodology, or excuse me, our, the way we get paid as public schools, it's all about, you know, having your rear seat end time. seat. Yep. And, um, yep. and uh, they don't get paid for, for that. Yep. So, you know, I came in and immediately saw, you know, this is how we're going to use processes. Um, to, to replicate these schools we were creating, which, by the way, weren't in a traditional setting. And meet the needs of kids. Hold That's that right. thought. We're going to come right back. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. We'll be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Hey, welcome back. And you are listening to Powell to the people where civility is always in style. And Skip, it's really good to have you with us. Uh, You know, a a lot of people think uh, charter schools, you know, maybe they're just for the down and out kid. Maybe they're for the the elite. I mean, there's a wide range of thoughts. Started in, in in the 1992-91 here in California. um, And you guys were so perfectly situated for COVID and uh, things. And you've been talking about the boxes that kids get stuck in. Okay. I'm in box for ninth grade, another box for 10th and things. Uh, what happens with charter schools, especially with learn for life charter schools and the things that you're, you're promoting, uh, you were perfectly situated for those kids that couldn't be in school every day, but needed school. And man, almost the whole state went to a system like you, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's funny how things come full circle, right? They do. I, you know, we were told for when we first put our school up, you know, the, the, the original comment I heard from everybody, even politicians who I'd go visit and tell <laughs> about our schools is kids need to be in school five days a week. What are you yeah. talking about? You, yeah. you got a school that kids are only there a couple of days a week. That, that can't work. You know, what, what are they doing when they're not in school? You know, and yeah. I'm trying to explain, <laughs> You know, All if they the came options. and talked to our kids, you yeah. know, they'd hear that they're working. They have a baby to raise. They, a lot of our, we're almost 73% Latino in, in most of right. our, our locations. Um, lots of brothers and sisters. Some of them take care of their youngsters, uh, brothers and sisters. Amazing. You know, huh? when they're still trying to go to school or they're working. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. we're still talking about the, one of the base problems for dropouts, which is poverty. Yes. Right? You know, poverty still rules why a lot of kids are dropping out of school. And that's, it's it really just part of the equation. Yeah. So, yeah. But what we were... You know, when, when COVID hit, I remember, um, you know, our whole group had a, had a, a 
real quick call saying, hey, we've, we've got to figure out what to do. Um, there was that two weeks to slow the curve or whatever it was. Yeah, and, we'll be back yeah, in two we'll weeks. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. And But, you know, we <laughs> had to plan for the worst. <laughs> and uh, I just remember, you know, all of our all of our people scared to death, like, well, what are we going to do? You know, we, you know, our kids uh, at the time didn't have, we weren't, we weren't a laptop school, right? We were, right. our kids, you know, come in, they meet with the teacher one-on-one. This isn't classroom environments. This is kid has an appointment with their teacher, right. they come meet with them, um, they can certainly stay as long as they like, and we have all kinds of great programs to, to wrap around these kids. But, um, you know, ultimately to try and hand a kid a laptop uh, who's at risk, especially if they're living in neighborhoods where, um, you know, maybe they don't have access to internet um, right. and that kind of thing. Uh, we had to quickly pivot, but that's the kind of school we are. We're already a little alternative to begin with. So I think uh, within the course of the first three months, we spent about $8 million of some of the money that was handed down to, to, to get through there. We handed yes. out um, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, something like twelve or 15,000 Chromebooks and hotspots to go wow. with it for Internet connection. Sure, because many of those kids and families didn't have that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. didn't and have it. A story down in San Diego, our school down in San Diego, we, we had a lot of kids crossing the border uh, before COVID. Um, whose parents live in Mexico, right? Um, uh, but they're uh, a U.S. citizen because they were born here in the U.S., and right. so they're walking across the bridge. So they're going back and forth. They're going back and forth to yeah. our school in Chula Vista. Um, but when COVID hit, the borders got you know got stopped. So getting that kid a laptop or a Chromebook wow. was was a, a lifeline. Right? Yeah, we had <laughs> we had to go across borders and you know with a truck and try and get you know that kind of thing delivered and wow. still allow those kids. To get. We had a great story of a. Uh, a little snippet we did in a movie uh, that we have of a student who I saw that basically movie came to the fantastic. It's amazing. Yes. And, uh, yes. This this kid uh, crossed the border to a Starbucks uh, every week uh, to get internet connection to finish their high school diploma with us. Amazing, amazing story. Stuff. Yeah. So we were, you know, long story short, we figured it out much quicker than a lot of them. Our teachers were already um, sort of in a um, an environment where they weren't in classrooms anyways. Right. So we weren't as uh, I, we weren't on the front lines as badly as some of the, the schools who had full classrooms with 35, 40 kids sometimes. Right. Um, so we, we pivoted. and But the funny part, to your point, is um, forever, forever we were told, you, you know, kids can't learn in this, you know, blended environment. And now that's the talk, right? Everybody even, every school district is rethinking, you know, yeah. even even when COVID hopefully is gone soon. Yeah. Um, that they will probably always have these these blended options for kids because right. what they're finding is parents like it. They you do. Know, they do. They, they just do. do. And some still are afraid of, of what's going on in schools, you know, whether right. it's COVID or other right. things, bullying or whatever. And this provides an option for them that is absolutely remarkable. Now, I've been in many, many, many of your schools. And how many do you have in California? Uh, we're uh, over 80, 80. 80 locations. Yeah. And you, you've you also extended it now internationally. Well, nationally. Correct. Maybe internationally. Yes. Because you've got kids that are, are coming to your schools all over the place now. That's you've right. got several states that you're in. Michigan, uh, uh, Texas, uh, Ohio, South Carolina, soon to be Florida, and um, uh, hopefully a couple more states that we're going to add to the list. Yeah, Texas. Uh, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. Uh, and, and and COVID kind of forced you to think a little more outside the box as well because uh, California was taking a whole move away from, you know, uh, the kind of schools that you offered. And yet we had so many kids that needed this kind of school that you offer uh, in a charter school. And r- right here in Fresno at Crescent View uh, Charter School in Manchester is one of your, I mean, ideal spots that if you come in and visit it, you know, folks, uh, let me tell you something. If you came and visited it, you would think 
I'm in a college setting. I'm in a, a an environment that is absolutely amazing. It's safe. You get checked in and checked out. You got somebody at the front desk. Uh, it, it's not just anybody walks in and out, uh, but it's an amazing thing. And if you see the interaction with the kids and the teachers, they get an individual education plan for every kid, and they can stay in a center part there where they can work and get extra help. And I mean, it's an amazing place. It is. You know, it. it you know, I, I, the constant uh, question I still get today yeah. after school's been charter school's been around since 1991. Um, is what does it cost? I, it's amazing to me that people don't understand. We're a public school. You it know, is a we're, public we're school. We're sponsored by local school districts and uh, great partnerships with our, our schools here in Fresno. Not always the case in California with right. a lot of charter schools. But because we're serving a lot of kids who uh, traditionally don't aren't doing well in the public school system, to no fault of Fresno Unifieds or Clovis's, kids just, you know, they drop out. They get behind. They, life, yep. get, life gets in the way. And Instead of, uh, you know, what used to happen is those kids just hitting the street, you know, our eight, 10 locations here in Fresno yep. um, offers an opportunity for them to continue on. We can serve these kids, which is another unique feature until they're 22, sometimes 24 with our partnerships with Workforce right. Investment. We're getting job training for these kids. So that's the next carrot that we had to provide a few years ago, which is, hey, I'm, I'm leaving the school because I need to get a job. Well, what yes. if we could get you training in this, that, or the other and, and a certificate in, um, in a, in a some type of alternative uh, opportunity like welding or something like that that we have partners with. Right. And, and, uh, and you can get a great job. Would you stay with us? And a lot of what we found is we, we, we started getting way more kids keeping at it because if they stayed with us, we're going to connect them with all these other partnerships. But to your, excuse me, to your yeah. point, um, you are definitely going to get um, uh, students who come to our school with this personalized education where they, uh, they literally feel like it's private, yes. uh, but it, it costs nothing. And, Safety. You mentioned safety. Yes. Sad part about it is um, when we get, uh, we're WASC accredited every uh, couple of years, you know, we have a group that comes in, they interview our staff and they interview the kids yes. and they say, what do you like about your school? And unfortunately, um, the number one thing that they like about it isn't our great teachers, isn't, and you've got you some know, really we've good got some ones. amazing teachers. Yes. Um, the number one thing they love about our school is they feel safe, Yeah. which tells me that they didn't feel safe wherever they were. Right. Living. And a lot of that has to do well, with Well, and many of these kids are out on the streets. Uh, they may have a house, but they live on the streets almost completely. And they're not in school, so you're not taking kids away from the current public schools. That's right. You know, uh, the other public schools, I should say. Uh, you're helping a, a number of them get back into the idea of school. And then I know for a long time, you've been returning kids to regular public schools instead of the charter because they started feeling, I'm capable, I can make it. That's right. That young, that young freshman that Get got pregnant, yeah. um, because we're year-round also, which is another key component of our schools, really neat. we can catch them up, and about 12 to 15% of our kids are going back to graduate with their friends on time because we caught them back up, um, and they want to go back and graduate with their friends as seniors. And they would not have been in That's school right. at all. And the school district would have lost that funding forever yes. had we not captured that kid, got them caught up, and sent them back. So credit recovery is another uh, you know, word that's used to the kind of schools that we yep. do. Um, and that's the truth. We, we, we capture and re, you know, recapture credits for these kids so they can get back on Well, the in fact, uh, you've created a situation where some public schools who couldn't provide certain things, you stepped up and provided those opportunities for kids. And then they went back to their regular public school that's right. anyway. That's right. So it's, it's pretty amazing the flexibility that you have. And think about uh, you, you don't choose uh, typical school sites in neighborhoods. 
you choose uh, uh, shopping centers and places where bus routes are freely available, uh, all of those kinds of things to establish your schools. Yeah, the, you know, we, we found right away that obviously we don't have buses. So we're not that, we don't right. have those resources. So we made, needed to make sure we were able to get kids to school. So a couple things that, again, my Six Sigma background, when looking at the data after talking <laughs> to kids, saying, yes. hey, you know, what are your challenges uh, to getting to this school? And, you know, we had students that were dropping out saying, hey, I just can't get here. I got to take three buses to get to this location. Isn't so that amazing. The data showed that we had about a three and a half mile radius around our centers. And if, if we didn't get within that radius, um, we we're going to have trouble trying to get our kids there. So right. we wanted to be near buses in order to make that happen. Well, and Manchester here, one of your, you know, amazing sites is right in the headquarters of you where the bus the transportation, hub. the hub is right here. So kids can get in and out from any place in the city and the county and around and get to school without any trouble. Well, um, and, and think about this. After the kid finishes his appointment, yeah. we're, we're in a mall. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, the businesses around it get you know visited by the kids. So they, they go get food. Spend money. Their parents drop them off. Yes. Uh, and then go shop and spend money while they're doing it. Yeah, but it feels safe. It does here at this location, and kids love it. <laughs> it is really good. Well, folks, you're listening to uh, Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. And our guest today is Skip Hansen from Lifelong Learning, and we're going to hear a lot more about public charter schools and the good things that they offer for your kids if you're interested. We'll be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Well, welcome back. Boy, it's amazing how fast this time goes, uh, Skip. We've got Skip Hansen with us from Lifelong Learning. And, you know, uh, Skip, uh, you took all that you learned in business, and it's really neat because you applied it to education, and and yet the heart of education is still there. Uh, but you said, what can we do better? How can we do things that are being done elsewhere better? so that our kids have an opportunity to become graduates. And, and I know the stories because you and I have worked together for a number of years, and, and I hear a lot of the really good stories. But I know that uh, you're taking kids from the streets, and you've started a, a trauma resiliency program so that uh, you know, you're not just addressing, okay, you're here for however long, we're going to give you some education, you go home, but we're going to help you survive out there when you are headed home. Tell us a little bit about that trauma resiliency program. Yeah, we, um, you know, everything comes back down to having great people, right? I mean, yep. any organization that's going to be successful, if you're listening out there and you hire well, baby, hire the best, <laughs> give them the tools they need and get out of the way. Right? Exactly. That's how we've kind of lived our lives here in our organization. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the folks that we've hired, um, one of them, a gentleman named Craig Beswick, he, uh, he had a background um, in training and yoga and meditation, a really interesting guy, uh, just really always loved talking to the guy. Yeah. And he was a principal for one of our schools. And just like any other good organization, um, they share successes, right? Sure. They, they listen and they see it. And I'm watching his school just just do some amazing things. And, and thriving. Like, you know, and thriving. And, <laughs> and more importantly, the employees um, we're, we're really happy. And, and some of our employees, you know, they, they deal with some really awful stuff, unfortunately, heartbreaking, heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it's not just the trauma of our students, but it's the trauma of our educators, which is the yes. front line. Which they're going through That's now, right. not only in charters. More than ever. But schools across God the board. God bless our teachers. Yes. What they're going through, similar to our healthcare workers, are on the front line. They are. Certainly. So uh, what, what Craig was doing um, before COVID hit was, was uh, he wanted to create this uh, program called TREC. Um, excuse me, I don't remember the acronym. It's Trauma Resilient Education something. Right? Yeah. And um, he wanted to certify and start creating a program that could help certify programs around the country, uh, uh, specifically education uh, organizations, um, so that their employees could go through this training. Um, that's it's really amazing stuff to help deal with the kinds of things that they deal with on the front lines. Right. And, and you know, because kids bring a wide variety right. of that's issues right. You right to the school. And you bet. If you don't address those, it's hard to address education. You can imagine um, uh, police and and ambulance drivers they arrive on a scene and see really rough stuff right, right. so there there there's been a, a component of that in in their worlds for years you yes. know, helping them deal with that but but education especially with folks you know we're working with kids that you know human trafficked i heard that just recently on one of your recent right. podcasts and yeah yesterday we have we a lot of kids being it. human trafficked and um and you know when you when you discover it and you're working with that kid um, you have to first of all know the signs. Second of all, know how to help that that person deal with some of these issues. But you also have to deal with those. Like you got to go home. You're affected by that's it. right. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. we we've implemented that uh, over the last couple of years. Um, things like meditation. Um, we have timeouts for our teachers so that you know they take the time to reflect. Um, we have training to help them deal with the stress. We have um, right. support groups. They they work together and. It's something we want to take to all the schools, and it's it couldn't be more important. And your right teachers now. love working for you. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. I've talked to a lot of them. In fact, I have a, a niece that works for you. Uh, she just raves about the school. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're not perfect. You know, every 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 school is is only as good as their local leaders. So yeah. that's the that's our job is to make sure good from the top down we're finding the best leaders and can you continue to do that. And it's yeah. this is a tough market. We were, yeah. we're trying to open up a school right now in um, in South Carolina, and we it's hard to find teachers. Right, math and science. Oh yeah. Gosh, if you're out there and you're maths, give me a call. <laughs> we need you, and the kids need you. Well, in special ed and yeah. all of those arenas, it's very very challenging. One quick point I want to make: I I don't want to give the impression that our school is only for kids that are in trouble. Right. Um, about 10 to 15% of our kids actually come to our school to move faster through the system. Beck, we have a young lady who works at the white house. Yeah. I um, love went it. through our school. She graduated in less than three years. Yeah. Uh, she just didn't want to go through the boxes of four years. Yeah. And so she came in, yeah. did all her work with us, passed the SATs, flying color, went to UCLA um, and and moved on. So you got musicians, we've got actors, musicians, uh, you name it, athletes. Yeah, who just want to get through, get through the program. So yeah. it's, it's for yeah. everybody. Skaters, uh, you, you bet. Know. Yeah, you bet. but it's Olympic style. I would say, you know, for my kids, it probably wouldn't have been the best. They wanted, they liked their uh, their baseball team and sure, football the tradition. team. And and while we do have some sports components, you know, that's not our thing. Right. Yeah. Right. But you did a really good thing with sports because some kids, you know, need something in that physical outlet and stuff. Um, tell me a little bit about how you organized some sports teams through your charter schools. Yeah, we were, you know, we still had kids that, um, you know, that said they wanted to compete. Right? Yeah. So we were trying to think well, where, where our centers are, in a, you know, in a mall and, and in a lot of uh, business areas. You know, we could either uh, try and create a football team and rent facilities, <laughs> which is pretty difficult. Yeah. Or we just stuck with some of the basic ones like running track, yeah. right? So um, and soccer. soccer, so soccer fields everywhere, yes. uh, not being used during the day. Right. Uh, a lot of city parks and that kind of thing so we created 
soccer and uh, and a track team, and we had you know over eighty schools. So uh, we just supplied the you know the the shorts and the, a lot of our kids don't have the shoes or the equipment, so no, we exactly. buy all that. Created our own teams. We compete. Uh, we have an, uh, a national, you know, uh, championship uh, where we bus all the kids into the Allen Valley and have a state championship. And um, we we still were able to do sports. Um, Amazing. And and again, some kids that's some why they like like coming to school. Right? Absolutely. Like that or the the arts, um, our job training. Um, it's the carrots that we offer. I think yeah. that keep the kids coming back. And you you've got some kids in college, you I know, do. right now. Tell us a little bit about you know, some that went through your program. I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, some of the kids that went through, uh, you know, your charter oh, schools yeah. that ended up in college and yeah, in different unique positions. So we, um, you know, because we're preparing these kids for um, learning at home and learning remotely, um, you know, a lot of the work that they do while they're in the centers, they're, it's a lot like you would be in a classroom with the teacher at the chalkboard, right? Yes. You know, helping them with their homework for that day, telling them how they're going to answer uh, these questions on this algebra. Um, but in that process of creating this flexible schedule, we're preparing kids for college. Yeah. That's our hope. We get these kids through the finish. Absolutely. Um, junior colleges, great opportunities. Good I went partnerships. To, you bet. We yep. have great partnerships with the JCs. Yep. Um, they love, uh, the kinds of kids that we're, we're uh, getting out to there and, and they do well. Our kids do well in that environment. They're already working in a setting that feels like college and high school. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've got a big chunk of our kids uh, that are preferring uh, to go to college and are doing well. Well, and what you've done is you've helped those kids who would have delayed college, uh, especially in the, our community colleges, they would have delayed ever going and would have been older when they tried to get in that now can go through, get their high school diploma, and then get into the community colleges. That's right. You know, so that's that's changed their life and their trajectory because – uh, they probably didn't think they could make it. And oftentimes they're 25 when finally they realize, hey, maybe I can make it. Uh, and they've got the desire, you know, they didn't That's have right. when they were teenagers. Uh, but you're helping short circuit that a little bit in a positive way so that they do get into college because they got their high school diploma because they weren't ignored. That's right. Well, And our, our partnerships with the JCs through concurrent enrollment, yes, um, which is great, is allowing our kids while they're in high school to take college credit. So they arrive at their college with the credits <laughs> already under their belt. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love great. it. It's good really stuff great. that's taking place. Um, you know, you you do a lot of collaboration with districts, and, and I think folks need to understand that uh, this isn't a competition in a lot of ways. It's a resource that's available uh, so that if, if somebody out there has a kid that, that doesn't like school, just hates it for whatever reason, and we're not blaming, you know, our regular public schools, but there are kids that don't function in a school with 3,000 kids or, yeah. you know, large settings uh, that have other interests and things uh, can thrive in your setting. Yeah, we, you know, if you think about it, even when I, when I was back in school, there were just, you know, some kids that just didn't make it, right? There, right. I, I remember a kid I grew up with, his only reason for going to school was a shop at the back of the district <laughs> I know. where they would teach automotive. That was it. Because his dad owned a tire store. You know, yeah. he knew he was going to go work at his dad's tire exactly. store. Exactly. He didn't really think an education was even needed, but he liked coming to school with his, with his friends and he loved that part of it. Well, during the, you know, over the last 10, 20 years, a lot of school districts can't afford it, don't have the space. And yeah. so those carrots just didn't exist. And uh, yet a lot of kids dropping out for a lot of different reasons. But I, I will say this. I don't think the education system was ever meant that the a hundred percent of the, the, the onus was on the teachers, right. right? You know, when you get home from school, 
there's there's some expectation that mom and dad um, are going to help out with math and Absolutely. science, or you know, <laughs> help make sure just doing their homework. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you're if you're struggling in a poverty neighborhood with, you know, with gang lines and all kinds of different things, that's where the system just it it breaks. It's it's being broken down more and more over the last twenty years with the the gang prevalence, the the poverty, the the human trafficking, foster right. care. Um, and the school systems, God bless them, they just weren't built to, to, to deal with all that. So, so you have to have help. And yep. our kinds of schools, I believe, I, I wished we didn't even exist because it would mean that every kid was graduating right, and was right. successful. But right. we're there to catch up you know, those kids um, or those who want to move faster through the system um, that, you know, that, that truly want to do it in a different way an alternative ed- education opportunity. Yeah. We do it well. And I, you know, I, I, I would hope, you know, we, we've got great relationships with superintendents that um, that's how they view us as a, as a vehicle um, to help serve the whole community um, and do it well. Well, and you know, uh, you do some, uh, you know, uh, technical things for kids, helping them have abilities like Microsoft teams, you know, and I know that you want to be certified. You can go through some of your schools That's right. and they can be Microsoft certified and walk into situations that they've got a $27, $28 an hour jobs and higher. Geek squad, you know, yeah. they, they'll take that certification all day long. You know, I always share with people, uh, even in any of the uh, career tech areas, I had a refrigerator that was broken. Okay. Guy came in and fixed it and, and did it in about three minutes. And I said, well, how much for the part? And he said, $3 for the part. 97 for knowing where to put it. That's right. You know? That's so right. We all use services. We, right. we need kids that, that have those abilities, that love working with their hands, uh, that are going to be good citizens because you guys teach a lot about citizenship as well. So it's not just an isolated, get your, your job done in education and get out of here. You know, yeah. but you're learning how to get along with in each other. In the next segment, let's talk about professional skills. Let's, let's do that. We're going to take a break, break real quick. You're listening to Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. We'll be right back. You're listening to Powell to the People. Write it down. This is Powell to the people on the best talk in town. Hey, welcome back. We're so glad to have you with us today. And uh, yeah, you're in for a special treat in this last segment. We're, uh, we're with Skip Hansen from Lifelong Learning, co-founder and president uh, of it. Uh, just some really good things are going. You know, Skip, one of the things I, I like about you and about the organization is that uh, you work with districts where you are planted and you look for these great places uh, in shopping centers where uh, families can come, uh, bus routes are available, uh, kids that aren't comfortable in a traditional public school can still get their education. They can sometimes get career education at the same time while they're in that school. They can walk into jobs that, uh, that are paying $27, $30 an hour. Uh, they have hope, uh, and that's one of the things I really like is uh, they come from a hopeless situation to hope, and all of a sudden, They've got somebody in a school that cares deeply about them, 
How many uh, kids do do each teacher, how many students do they work with? Yeah, the typical uh, caseload is between 25 and 35 kids. See, that's amazing, yeah. folks. Yeah, and, and they know each kid. They know each kid. And, and you know, a traditional teacher might have uh, six classes if you're a math teacher. 180 right? kids. 180 kids. And, um, and, you know, a lot of times, it's especially if you're in an inner city school, you're dealing yeah. with classroom management. That's basically what they do is they shuttle kids from class to class. Hard, you know? and, very uh, hard. Our teachers, um, if, if you know, the one thing feedback I get all the time is, you know, with that small of a caseload, um, they're able to get to know every kid. If you were to come to, you've been to many of our graduations, have. right? They give, every, at them, yes. me, they give every kid a rose and <laughs> yeah. um, they ask that kid to give that rose to the person that uh, meant the most in their, in their high school Help career. Help them get school, through. Right? And yeah. many, many times it's a teacher Comes or, right back or a front desk person that yeah. just says hi to them every day yeah. when they walk in. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. So we were talking about, um, about, um, professional skills and job training. And, yes. Um, you know, when we, about eight, nine years ago, when we committed to more than just the high school diploma, because we were losing still kids to the street and said, I just got to go get a job. Right. You know, we retooled and, and thought, okay, well, we're going to create all these uh, certificate programs. We, we could do it. We had the funds to do it. So we're going to create a program that's going to teach a kid how to use the system over here uh, for maybe the front desk at hotels. And when they graduate, they'll have, you know, all these you know, Marriott couldn't wait to hire our kids. Marketable think, right? skills, so, yes. So we kind of created, um, we, we talked and said, you know, what are the what are some areas around some of our schools where the employers need our kids? And mm. down in Anaheim where we had a school was Disneyland, Marriott, um, and UPS had yes. a big operation there. So we created this great presentation of how we wanted to approach their head of HR and say, we're going to create a training program so you're going to want to hire our kids with this certificate that I they're going to get as a senior here. Yeah. So we made the presentation. We had the head of HR from all three companies in, and we, we pitched them. And uh, I remember the lady from Disneyland saying, hey, look, I, I think your idea is great. You know, this Disneyland 101 that you, your seniors <laughs> will take. And the idea is even that they would um, get to go over to Disneyland and, and get to tour. A little internship work, or something. Internship. Yeah. And, and she said, look, we've, we've been around a long time. You know, we have an amazing training program that we're not going to circumvent. So yes. these kids are... That, that we hire still going to have to go through Disney, our Disney training program. What we're struggling with, and, and, and anybody listening on your show right now is going to get this, is we're struggling with kids coming out of school today with the basic skills of showing up to an interview on time, dressed for the interview appropriately, right. shaking hands and looking you in the eye, right? Basic things that mom and dad taught me and, and you and many of our listeners that, that unfortunately with, with, again, with poverty, inner city, they're not getting a lot of that at home. So she right. said, if you create a course that they graduate from, that they we're guaranteed that your kids are going to know that, um, you know, we'll get your, put your kids at the top of the list because at the very wow. least we're going to know they're going to be prepared for an interview. Yeah. So, so we did, we created a pref- professional skills course. We made it, our boards committed to making it a required course before they graduate That's from fantastic. our schools. And at the very least, if the kid doesn't finish, uh, anything with us because of whatever circumstances they're going to walk out of there with some basic life skills that mom and dad maybe couldn't have given them because maybe they don't have a mom and dad right um, right sort of thing so that was really really important and as we moved on we then started talking to companies about that same idea that we're on the on the fringe as an example a solar company sure our riverside location uh, came to one of our graduations and the young lady running it um, uh, had this huge factory and she said can you put a school in our four walls. And I said, yeah. She says, we, we can't find enough installers. 
So we want to create a course on how to learn how to install. Sure. But you guys are looking for space to put your school. We're in the right area. We have bus stops. So we they gave us 10,000 feet. We put our school in there until they ran out of space a year later. <clears throat> but the idea was kids going to that particular resource center of ours sure. um, knew that they had an opportunity to be right there learning and have a job almost guaranteed as long as they could finish the program. And so that's where we're headed now. We're, we're, we're looking in out-of-state. Uh, to partner with businesses if they don't have the space in there to put it near their institutions so that yes. we can create classes and courses. Because, Larry, not every kid wants to go to college, right? Nope. And we still need welders. We still need truck drivers. You're hearing it right now. There's a shortage of every kind of labor that you can think Car of. Car mechanics? Yeah, and they're paying great money. They really are. Um, and that was something back in, you know, when I went to school, not every kid thought that was the direction they were going to go. They went the career path. Uh, our unions are dying for yes. welders and, 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 and skilled trades, and Absolutely. we want to fill that up. In fact, real quick, we created this year a new nonprofit private school um, specifically to deal with this idea that we can't expand fast enough just with charters. Right. So it's called Stanza. Um, you can look it up, Stans International. Um, it's a nonprofit private school. It just got stood up this year, and we offer low tuition. And our goal is to go to, to churches who used to have schools uh, that didn't maybe, they closed them down during the recession, say, let us help put to, a, a school in here and uh, set wow. up a private school for you. And you're, you're, Because what we're finding is a lot of uh, parents are upset with what's going on. And they want some options. Yes, so, they do. Yeah. So we'll, well, parent choice makes a huge difference. Bet. And, uh, you know, one of the things you offer is a chance for parents to get that monkey off their back of trying to force a kid into school in a box that they don't feel comfortable in. That's right. And we've known that for years. 43 years in education taught me a lot about that. Parents are our partners. They're their first teacher. And if the parent feels good about where the kid is, the kid will succeed. And parents, you've done surveys. I know you're big on on uh, information uh, and data. Right. Uh, you've done surveys, and parents love what's going on with their kids because there's no longer this battle to get them in school, and they see where the kids are going. They've got a chance in life again. Yeah, and it's it's so true uh, because the, the these kids, you know, I, I was just reading an article about our, our local DA here just, you know, infuriated, infuriated with, you know, stuff that's going on right now and yeah. um, prosecution, all that kind of stuff. Well, this this a, a lot of this crime stems from lack of education, right? Uh, right. Not having high, if you don't have a high school diploma, you can't get in the military. You can't do a lot of things, McDonald's. right? Like that. Yeah. yeah. They, they require it. So yeah. it, it crime and education are so connected. Right. And we talk about mental health. It's important. We talk about a lot of things, but if we can't stop and stem the tide of dropouts, yeah. um, you know, our, our local DA here is, is going yeah, to be up to their neck camp. and yeah. she is doing a, a heck of a job, yeah, but, but I'm telling you COVID we're seeing it right now. Third, our prisons, you hear this all the time, that they base some of our, our beds on our third and fourth grade reading levels. Yes. And there's some truth to that. Because there is. If they if they can't read by you know fourth or fifth grade in the in the right areas, it's yep. it's it's very six times more likely they're not going to graduate. Exactly. And that has a direct connection with crime. So COVID, unfortunately, what we're seeing right now in the middle schools, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of kids in inner cities and in the in in yeah. tough areas yeah. where. They are not going to be at the same level, and it's going to it's going to hold them back. So we're preparing for that uh, right now as we go forward with that. You know, it's amazing when we uh, consider all of the crazy things that are going on right now with COVID, and and we don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, I think schools have done a great job of trying to 
adjust to it. But, you know, uh, putting every kid in the same circumstance where you're doing distance learning is really tough. Uh, some kids can't function in that. They need people around them, those kind of things. But you've, you've been able to recruit teachers. You've been able to recruit folks into your charter schools, public charter schools, where uh, kids get the best. They've got, you've got credentialed people. You're not, this isn't a fly by night organization. And uh, it's pretty amazing how you're extending from California with your 80 plus schools out into five, six, seven other States and now beginning to expand because parents are looking for choice. That's right. They want an opportunity. Every parent wants their kid to succeed. And, and uh, it doesn't matter whether the parent is poor or not poor, whether they're, uh, they have a job or don't have a job. They want their kid to be in a situation they're not in. That's right. You know, when it's not a negative deal and, this gives them a chance, and I love what you did. Like you even had a print shop where you were teaching kids how to to do all kinds of things. It's you a know, working business print oh, shop, absolutely yeah. a business. And you did T-shirts with print on them, and you know hats and cups and all of those things. Once again, they felt kids felt good. They were learning something they could walk away with. That's right. You know, and and that's kind that's of our right. our goal is to find a way to to help them realize there's more after school. And your life is going to be better because you were with us. Well, Larry, if you ever have me back, because I, I, yeah. I, I could talk for another four hours, but <laughs> I, I believe that, that in the next 20 years, businesses are going to have to get involved at the high school level yep. and, and, and training and CTE because they've been just you've been asking the schools to do it. They're no longer going to be able to ask. They can't find the workers. So you, the next yep. time we're on, we'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about That's CTE. where I, I want I want to get businesses yep. involved in this, and I yep. think it's going to be something we're going to have. And to if do. you're a business out there and you're interested in, uh, you know, this kind of stuff, uh, charter schools are one of the avenues because they got flexibility and can do some things. So We can build you know, the training around your business's needs at our high school yeah. for free so that when they graduate, they already know how to do your business. You come talk to me. We'll set it up. Uh, I had multiple businesses say, hey, how do I get my uh, our skills training yeah. just to run my point-of-sale machine? Uh, oh, I love it. You know, work at this or do that. So, you know what? Uh, you've had uh, Skip Hansen from Lifelong Learning with us today, and uh, what a wonderful opportunity to learn that there's more than just regular public schools. Charter schools are public schools. And they have flexibility to do some amazing things with your kids. You might want to check it out. So if you want to uh, go to public schools, charter, learn, one learn thing, for life. Learn for life. Org. org will get you there. Now listen, we're so glad you've been with us. This has been Powell to the People, where civility is always in style. We'll see you next week. <laughs>